The Tactical Transition Navigating the Civilian Frontier Mastering Career Strategies Sharpening Networking Tools and Creating a Successful Transition Plan Hello everyone, welcome to the Tactical Transition Podcast. We focus on our senior military leaders as they transition from their military careers into the civilian job market, covering best practices, up-to-date trends, additional resources, and tips for landing that dream job. This is episode number four, and I am Cindy Poe, an executive career coach with ESOL Seminars, and I am here today with, as usual, with my battle buddy, Michelle Lewis. How are you doing today, Michelle? I'm doing fantastic, Cindy. Again, I think we've got a great uh, conversation that's going to be coming up. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. This is a gentleman uh, that you've known for several years. So this is going to be a really good conversation, Cindy. So so I'm looking forward to talking about things that we can bring to the table to assist our transitioning service members. And, and, you know, the thing is, is like the best part of doing these podcasts is that we get to share with the audience the amazing people that we've had influence our lives and that we've seen influence other lives. And I will tell you, today's guest, uh, Wade Dennis, is both of those people. Uh, He has definitely impacted my life, and we'll get into that story in a little bit. Uh, But I have seen him impact a lot of lives. Um, Retired Colonel Wade Dennis, uh, his service to the MP Regiment was exemplary by every account. He enlisted in the Army in January 1978 and went on to serve in a myriad of positions from basic MP patrolman to commanding the 82nd MP company, which if you didn't know this, I love this. They're the only airborne MP company in the history of the U.S. Army to execute a combat parachute assault. This was during the invasion of Panama Operation Just Cause. His, he commanded the 503rd MP Battalion, that's also airborne, while it secured the Pentagon for eight hours after the 9-11 tragedy. And he right. commanded, oh, I'm sorry, eight, what did I say? Eight, eight months, eight months, eight months after, yes. yes, after the tragedy of 9-11, and he commanded the battalion during the invasion of Iraq. Um, he commanded the Joint Detention Group at JTF Guantanamo, and served as both the assistant commandant and the commandant of the United States Military Police School. Colonel Dennis also uh, was the first MP officer to serve as Chief of Staff Maneuver Support Center of Excellence at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. He culminated his career as the senior advisor to the Afghanistan Minister of the Interior and the J-34 at U.S. Northcom Peterson Air Force Base, Colorado. That's where uh, Dennis, uh, Colonel Dennis retired in June of 2014 after more than 36 years of service. Thank you for your service, sir. He is the recipient of the Order of the Marichasse in gold and inducted into the U.S. Army Military Police Regimental Hall of Fame in 2019. Cannot wait to go to Fort Leonard Wood and go to that museum. Mr. Dennis currently serves as the Senior Director of Operations for Chenega Global Protection LLC, which is a uh, Chenega Corporation-owned subsidiary company focused on providing a wide spectrum of security services to the federal and private sectors within the U.S. and abroad. What a career, sir. It is so awesome to have you here uh, and to speak with you. Um, thank you so much for giving us your time, honestly. Uh, thank, thanks for reaching out to me to see if I, uh, any of my experiences can, uh, can assist the audience in furtherance of their careers as they move on. The one thing I know about you, Wade, is is you you are a person who I I mean what I've always seen is you're somebody who wants to be that influence for people and wants it, which is why I reached out to you. I knew that you would want to take your experiences and help those who are going through what you're going through. So we thought, you know, we we want to get you on, and I just want to just get this out of the way. I just want to say this right now. The, 
the way that I know Wade is he was the captain of the 82nd Airborne when my husband was a lieutenant. Uh, and um, I will tell you that I, I have it under strict orders that I am to say that Wade Dennis was the best leader that in my husband's career and even leadership outside of the military in corporate America, Wade has been the key influence in my husband's life and leadership and has molded the way he thinks and the way he leads. So Wade, uh, we have a, um, a, a deep admiration for you. And so I, I would want to say to the audience, take every take notes listen to every word because there's going to be nuggets in here i promise you uh there always are plus he's just a really nice guy so <laughs> we're gonna go with that too so well, um cindy i'll tell you that's why i was hoping we could maybe not do this with uh video because you'd see me blushing so well, that's okay. You can blush. Well, I won't tell anybody. I won't tell yeah. anybody that that's All happening. Right. So the first thing that I think, um, and Michelle, just, you know, you know me, I'm just going to go on, but you just jump in. But the first thing I would really love to have you address, because I, I put a focus on it when I did your intro, 36 years of service. I will tell you that when Michelle and I go and teach a class at Henderson Hall and we're standing in front of senior leaders, we have a lot of people who have 32, 36, 37. I think the, the longest serving uh, uh, leader that I had in the class was he was going to be at 38 years when he retired. I want to say that was the longest. That's a long time to be in one job market. And that's the way we're going to look at the military in this case as a job market, then to move into that civ civilian sector. What words of wisdom <laughs> do you have for those who have served that long in the military going into the civilian sector? Deep question. I think uh, um, I don't look at it, and I never have looked at it as 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 really one job. Uh, I actually have to sit down and 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 uh, talk to folks in a conversation that have never been in the military, thinking that all I had was one job for for thirty six years. But if you but if you break it down and you and you kind of touched upon a few of the things there in the, in the biography, actually in in a career you probably have twenty different jobs. You're in the army, but you probably about every two, two and a half, maybe three years, you you get another job. Uh, and and uh, uh, with each one of those jobs, if you stay in that long, theoretically, you've you've uh, you're increasing to a greater level of responsibility with each one of those. And and uh, and that's really the way I look at it and the way I explain it to other folks. Uh, you're going from, uh, you know, as a young MP to a sergeant, to a lieutenant, to a captain, uh, company commander, then to S3, battalion operations officer, battalion XO to battalion commander, and so on. And with a, a little bit of schooling spattered in along the way to make sure that you're able to assume that next level of responsibility. But with each one of those times, it, it's it's a uh, it's a new job. Uh, and, and so new experiences. But you were in the Army. Okay. Um, and I think one of the reasons... Uh, not really think. I know the reason why I stayed as long as I did is because unlike so many out there, I was able to serve with really good people. I, I never really had a bad leader uh, in, in probably the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. I can't tell you how many um young leaders have reached out to me that that used to be a lieutenant for me or used to be a captain for me or used to be an nco for me and 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 we would have discussions on on you know why i should stay in you know it's not fun anymore you know my current boss is this or my current boss is that and and uh it, it's one of those things that that i believe is truly is a good thing about the military moving you on every two years unlike the civilian sector uh, you go on to a civilian job, unless you, by your own volition, decide you're going to change civilian jobs every two years, you could ultimately, and, and I do know people that have retired and stayed in that same civilian job for 20 years. Um, and so you kind of have to put up with who's there. Uh, in the military, it, it's I hate to say it, but you kind of ride out the, 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 the leader. Sooner or later, they're leaving. Uh, or you're leaving first. Uh, one of the two. 
uh, and uh, so it's kind of like give it a, give it a chance. All right, stay positive, stay motivated, uh, do your best, and and uh, um, pretty soon either you're leaving or they're leaving, and then you know things will change the next time, and and uh, so I was very fortunate in that I never re- really remember working for a a bad leader. Uh, I also remember that with each successive job change, it truly was a, a, an increase of responsibility. It, it wasn't until I was, you know, ready to retire that I got an assignment that actually moved me lateral. Okay. I, I said, okay, this job is lateral. It's not continuing up. So I think I just received a message to retire. Okay. Um, and, and, and that also coupled with the facts that I was, re- that I was approaching my, my MRD because I did have my enlisted time. That's what allowed me to, you know, to, to, uh, to stay 30 years as an active federal commissioned officer with the six years, uh, you know, as, as an enlisted soldier, which allowed me to stay for 36 years. Um, but I, I absolutely enjoyed the people I worked with. Uh, they were a joy to be around. I learned from them. Uh, and, uh, I just tried to, uh, make sure that everything was positive and you have fun in what you're doing. And um, uh, that's what kind of kept me around. So to answer your big question there is that I didn't have one job in the army. I had 20 different jobs in the army or thereabouts. So. So when you opted to retire, um, was there anything that that kind of caused you a pause or you know sometimes we talk with our audience about identity loss and the loss of that camaraderie um and those things you know the things that you walk away from as a service member um was there a way that you were able to handle that um that that you could share with uh some of our uh, audience members who may be thinking about that yes but I don't want to, I'm going to lose this, or I'm no longer going to be this, or um, how, how were you able to handle that in a successful way? Well, first you would have to assume I did handle it well. Um, <laughs> it, it, and, and then there there are some that would say, you know, I still haven't uh, lost that identity, if you will. I still haven't really made a a hard cut from the military. Uh, and and I I have chosen not to make that hard cut from the military. Uh, some will some will choose to make a hard cut from the military and just go on. And I've known them to just shut it off. I mean, right. uh, I I, rem- I I still to this day, uh, there are a couple of uh, individual leaders that I've served with while in the 82nd, for example, that I I can't find hide nor hair of these guys. Uh, go reaching out to my fellow friends. Uh, that served with us during the times that we were together. They don't know where these folks are at. So sometimes folks just make the cut and say, I'm done with the military. Uh, I'm, I'm done, whether it be 20 years, 25 years or whatever. Um, and then there are those that that find ways to stay connected. I, I found ways to stay connected um, <clears throat> uh, purposefully. For example, the, the, uh, the first few years after I retired, um, I signed on with with civilian organizations that supported uh, our military training exercises at the brigade and division. Or I'm sorry, at the battalion that served at the uh, conducted exercises at the core and division levels. So I was a coach, teach, and mentor on these large military exercises at the core and division level that took me to Germany, that took me to Korea, that took me to various installations around the United States. Uh, kind of coaching and mentoring these as they did computer war games and stuff like that, taking them through the the decision cycle of, of why did you make that decision? Is that the current doctrine uh, and, and things like that? So that kept me busy for, for, for uh, you know, engaged and still being able to, you know, mentor young, young officers and leaders. The, the other thing is, is uh, uh, like most regiments, the military police has a regimental association. Um, Infantry Association, Armor Association, Engineer Association, well, the Military Police Association, and and uh, uh, 
uh, originally was on their national board of directors, uh, volunteered to be on the national board of directors. I am currently uh, the senior member of the Military Police Regimental Council's senior board of directors. And, and so that keeps me connected to, to the Military Police Corps Regiment. Um, and I, I felt obligated in certain ways. I still have young leaders, one would say they're not young anymore, that work for me, but they're now battalion and brigade commanders. And there's a times where they'll reach out and, uh, hey, what do you think about this? I'm thinking about doing that. What are your thoughts on this? And, and you know, if you understand counseling, you never tell them what to do. You always kind of suggest and have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And and let them go off and and, and make the decision that they're going to make. Um, and then and then couple that with the fact that uh, I still work today within the Shenega Corporation with uh, folks that I worked with when I was a soldier. Uh, and that goes to, you know, I'm sure later in the podcast, we may talk about networking in, in that uh, by staying engaged, uh, by, by staying somewhat connected to the military and staying connected with those that I had previously worked with and got to know um, and, and continue to communicate with them. Hey, how are you doing? How's your family doing? What's going on? Uh, they, they, they know what's going on in your world. And if they have a, an opportunity, say, what's happened to me, I retired and I got a call and, and would say, hey, listen, uh, have an opportunity to think you'd be perfect at if, if uh, it would require you to move. And, you know, you just throw your hands up. It's, oh, gosh, there's another PCS move. I thought I wasn't going to move anymore. Um, but uh, so I, I guess, to, you know, a little bit of rambling there. But to go on and tell you, uh, I never really did make a cut from the military. Uh, I still like to be engaged. And, and then I'll leave you with this, that uh, my, my, I have part of my decision cycle was to stay engaged. So I understood what was going on because my son is still in the military. Uh, uh, my son will be taking uh, brigade command here later next summer. And, and so it allows us to get together and, and still talk about the, the relevancy of what's going on in, 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 in the services and stuff like that. So, so wait, I, I love that you expanded on that. And the reason I do is because we and Cindy and I uh, both, as we're standing in front of classes, often you'll hear people say, and when you take that uniform off, your rank is not going to matter. And it isn't in the sense of experience, education, knowledge, skills, et cetera, et cetera. But it does matter to you. It did. It was an accomplishment and it is important and it is part of your identity. And so I love to hear you say, listen, you don't have to give it up. You don't have to walk away from all of that. Take it with you and be productive in the next place you go. And it, it can be working with organizations that directly impact um, the, the warfighter, like you're talking about, or it can be like Cindy and I, you know, one of the things that um, that probably would have broken my heart when my husband got out of the military after 30 years. I, I had been married to him his entire career. Those were my people. Those That was my community. And so part of what she and I have done in expanding through this um, ESEL, through this employment seminar, is, um, is to still stay connected with those that mean the most to us. So um, just because you step out of the uniform doesn't mean you have to disconnect from your entire community. And I love that you expanded on that a little bit. I, you know, you, you made a couple uh, really great points there that, that, that I'd like to kind of jump on, if you will. First and foremost, um, it, to me, uh, it, it's very, very important to sincerely um, project a sincere sense of humility. Okay, I retired. Uh, the day I took the uniform off, I, I wasn't Colonel anymore. I was Mr. Dennis. I was Wade Dennis. And and so I've, I've you know, very, very strongly told people, they'll give me uh, a yes, sir. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, that's out of out of politeness and, and you know, grandma telling you you should always call everybody sir. Uh, but a lot of it has to time is the simple fact of the matter that you want to make that break. And it's like, no, please call me Wade please call me Wade. And, and then, then you're able to 
break down more barriers a little bit more. When I'm when I'm at some of these uh, uh, MCTP or BCTP like training exercises and stuff like that, uh, I'm, I'm Mr. Dennis, and and it breaks down the barriers and and allows that individual that you're coaching and mentoring uh, a more of a a uh, uh, on this, uh, I hate to say on the same level, uh, but but that's what it is. But at the same time, uh, I think it's important to do that uh, uh, very, very sincerely. They'll 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 know if you're just trying to, you know, throw a bunch of crap out there. Uh, the other thing is is that when you're in your seminars, I think uh, it's important to understand that the 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 service member that's sitting out there in your classroom, um, that's the service member that's no kidding retiring. But but I think sometimes it uh, organizations and I think over the years we've gotten a little better at it. But o- over the year uh, over the years, you and your husband you spent your entire military career together. Uh, Joe and Cindy, you know, thirty plus years. Uh, my wife and I, uh, you know, I was married when 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 I was uh, you know eighteen. We we stayed married forty years uh, before she passed away. And well, when I retired, uh, she did too she she retired also so when i'm moving away from that military environment and that support system of 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 all these organizations and all these uh things well guess what so does she 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 moved away from the Mm -hmm. spouse group here the spouse group there she moved away from all of her friends that probably weren't going to marry up again at the next duty station or something like that so so it was very important to to have that understanding and sensitivity to the fact that yeah you're retiring but guess what you know your family is too now the kids, they're going to go off to college and they're going to go off to school or wherever the case may be. But but, uh, you know, they're they're going to continue going on with their lives. But but when you retire, for the most part, your spouse retires at the same time, uh, only from the mm-hmm. army, not retire, retire, but retire from the army. Um, and, and I think so those. You want to call them withdrawal symptoms? You know, they, you know, they, they exist even for for the spouse. Uh, you know, they 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 do. So after about four or five months, you find yourself saying, "Oh my gosh, I got to get back in the mix." It's, you know, you'll 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 help you'll you'll hear people, you know, kind of bow up and tell you all these little stories about no no. But if they're going to be honest with you, probably about three four months into it, they're I got to go do something, type thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Well, Cindy, I don't think we could have asked for a better promotion on why we invite spouses to our class, do you? 100%. Absolutely. And that is something we talk about all the time. You know, bring your spouses to the class. Don't try to go. You're not going through this this transition by yourself. Your team's going through it with you. So bring the spouses. It's very important. So you mentioned something a second ago, Wade, about um, networking. And I do want you to talk about that because, and and I want you to use... uh, the position you're in right now, you told me that story. Uh, we were fortunate enough to be able to meet up and have a, a fantastic first time. Joe and, and I had seen Wade in 30 years, right? Probably Almost, 30 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was just, uh, I loved it because Wade was like, you know, what I love about this, it's just like you pick right up. It's like not a day went by. It's just <laughs> so easy. I said, exactly. That's when you know you're really connected with someone. But we had a wonderful Wonderful uh, conversation, and I thought it was a fascinating story about your current position, and I would love for you to to talk about that. I, I really don't think, Cindy, my my situation is much different than uh, many many transitioning leaders out there, whether officer or NCO, uh, when they finish up their twenty plus year career. It, it just uh, what what my little vignette does talk to about is there's no better example of you know you hear people talk about well networking what is networking okay and 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 uh uh to me it kind of boils down to as you go through your army career the old adage of never burn a bridge you may have to cross it again and and so i've always been one to to the greatest extent possible you know, every three months, every four months, reach out to somebody. Hey, how you doing? Just checking on you. How's the family doing? This is what I'm doing. Life is good in my little corner of the world type thing. Um, and always trying to maintain in, in those little connections uh, for all the right reasons, because you really do care about how they are, because they've influenced your life some way. Uh, and, and so in my specific case, uh, met, met a, uh, you know, when we were at Fort Bragg, uh, uh, Met met some officers there that that uh, I grew up with, and um, 
a little bit more senior, a couple years more senior to me. Uh, but uh, ultimately, uh, when it came time for them to retire, uh, you know, they retired. I ended up staying on board another, you know, 12 We We, we were colonels together, but I ended up staying on board another, you know, almost 10, 10 years after that, 12, 11 years after that, but just staying in touch. And then, uh, uh, once they heard through the grapevine that I'd retired, they reached out to me and said, Hey, listen, uh, you know, what do you, what do you got planned? And well, I've got an opportunity for you. And, but this, like I mentioned earlier, this is one where, Hey, a great opportunity. I think you'd be a great fit, but you'd have to move to Washington, DC. Um, you know, spoke to, to spoke to my wife about it, and she was happy to come to the D.C. area. Now, some of your listeners are going to, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, choke a little bit. But, yes, they wanted to come to the D.C. area. And uh, but uh, um, it was all through a maintain, maintaining of a relationship over, you know, 30 plus years and getting the phone call to say, hey, listen, I think you'd be a great fit for an opportunity to come up. And I've been working for, you know, Shenegan now for uh, just a little over five years. And uh, since that time, we've been able to pull in, you know, three or four or five other, um, you know, folks that used to work for me uh, that, that, wait a second, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing so-and-so is getting ready to retire within the next year or so. So you just kind of keep your, your uh, you know, your finger to the pulse and reach out. Hey, how you doing? What are your timeline? What your plans look like? What's your time? Because some of these job opportunities and some of these are really all about timing. You know, in, 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 in the military, you know that something's going to come open every, you know, April to July, April to August. You're going to be the whole army is going to be moving and turning over. Well, in the civilian sector, it doesn't turn over like that. You know, whether it's a you win a contract or a contract's going away, uh, a program manager or somebody has decided they wanted to quit and move on. Well, you got to pay attention to that because it about, you know what, we've got this program manager that's going to retire or that's going to, to uh, you know, resign here three months from now. Hey, you know what? I was talking to so-and-so last week and they're getting ready to retire in four months. And may maybe we can, uh, you know, pull them into the fold. And just sometimes you they, that that's the direction that they want to go. And sometimes it's not. And, and uh, uh, but if you don't stay in contact with people and you don't continue to maintain those relationships, you, those opportunities won't, won't come to fruition for you or them. And, and it's just... Uh, uh, one of those ones that really worked out for me. And, and uh, you know, so here here I am on a work day, uh, blocking off an hour on my calendar to talk to you guys on a podcast. I love it. And we're very grateful. <laughs> let me let me just take that one step further and then, Cindy, I go, go to our next oh, yeah. subject. But, um, Wade, would you say that a lot of those networking opportunities, the, the, the conversations you have with veterans about positions, a lot of those jobs aren't posted. Those are just kind of conversations that you you, per, you have projections or um, opportunities that you are aware could be happening. And you're just kind of meeting timeline to timeline. Um, and the reason I ask is because we tell folks, listen, if you're not talking to people, you're going to miss opportunities out there that you may not know are coming or because they may not be posted just on a on a website somewhere. Um, they may be internal growth or internal opportunities. Yeah, I, I think that's just a, a a fantastic point you just made right there. Uh, I would venture, I don't know the percentage, but I guarantee it's a very, very high percentage that uh, at, at at our level, uh, and I don't mean that, you know, all bowed up or nothing like that, at, at the level of job that you're looking to fill, the, the, the level of responsibility that you're looking to continue in, um, that level of job, whether it be a, a uh, uh, an SES position, whether it be a, a GS-15 position, GS-14 position, uh, whether it be a program manager, a general manager in the private sector or something like that, I would venture to say a very high, high percentage of those jobs are all about networking. Leadership at those organizations are trying to identify and reach out and uh they go to somebody they know first. They go to somebody that they know is a known quantity. I've worked with this person before. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've sat around in a, in a conference room, in a business meeting to say, hey, listen, we've got this position that's going to be open next month. Does anybody know anybody out there that we could reach out to for this position? Um, yes, I'm going to give so-and-so a call. Well, and th yeah, that sounds like something I would like. Well, hey, listen, we have to advertise for the job. 
So, you know, it's going to be on the net. Look, look on the net, look on the internet. And, 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 uh, you know, I'm going to be very frank with you that we have to post that a minimum of five days. So you gotta, you gotta apply for that job within that first five days. If you don't, then, you know, you may be out of luck. Okay. But as soon as we see your name, I'll be watching HR every day. As soon as I see your name there, we're going to close the applications, you know, because I think by the department of labor standards, that job opening has to be opened up for everybody, even on USA jobs, open, go to USA jobs and find out that there's a job opening. He's opening and closing. Well, heck that thing's only open for four days. Well, guess what? I would venture to say they probably already identified who they wanted for that job. They just had to open it. So the right person could apply for that job. Um, I'm, do I know that for a fact? No, but I think experience uh, over the years has kind of, kind of, lead you to I those think that is consistent yeah. with things we've those heard from other leaders so lead, lead you to those conclusions you know type thing right. and, and so right. your, your point is very well taken most of those jobs that that are going to be uh the most of the jobs that the level that you counsel in your transition courses those jobs are going to be coming because someone knows you or you know you know what job's coming open and you call them and say hey listen this is what i'm looking for being proactive about that sort of stuff you know so Great, great point. Uh, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, I think the next thing that I'd like to talk about is, um, you know, you actually helped uh, Joe and I out a lot when we uh, met with you a couple of months ago, because uh, even as as law as for the amount of time that Joe has been out of the military, he just recently in the last year and a half, two years, got his uh, VA card. He waited that long because we didn't know. I found out when teaching these classes that, oh, yeah, he's actually qualified to do that. We had no idea because you got to think about when Joe got out, there was no tap. There was nobody guiding you for anything. It was just like, take your ball and go home. Thank you for your service. Um, so it took us a while for him to even realize he was eligible for that. And now with all of the like the pack and, and all the stuff going on, you gave him some really great advice about going and revisiting uh, his disability rating, um, which we're in the process of doing with great success. I would like for you to, to if you don't mind, talk about uh, your experience with that, because you retired uh, in 2014. 14, I believe you, yeah, 2014, yes, yes. Uh, and then talk about the process of that from that retirement time up until where, where you're at. Yeah, between the time, Joe, I think, you know, the Army, as in most services, but the Army a lot, always kind of espouses and, and messages, we are a learning organization. Um, and so from the time Joe, you know, ended his career in, in the mid nineties, early nineties to 2014. Um, you know, Joe was with, with us in desert shield, you know, desert storm and, you know, Panama, then desert shield, desert storm. And then we had uh, quite a few years that we went with nothing, but then all of a sudden at nine 11, 2001 uh, and, you know, Things started happening real fast, and the Army became a learning organization on many fronts. And one of those fronts was we are not really setting our soldiers and their families up for success as they get ready to transition out of the military. And so you guys know more than, than most, uh, you know, the, the TAP program and, and, and all the iterations and the improvements that they've made, made along the way. Um, in 2014... At that time, I remember we had about we were authorized six months towards the end of the career before you get ready to retire. If if you, and it was program, and so I remember going over to Fort Carson. I was stationed on Peterson Air Force Base at at Northcom, but but Fort Carson is was my transition point, and and I remember signing up for the transition class, and you know after. The, the break on the, I think the first or second day, the 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 class, uh, the civilian class leader had come by and and said, hey, you know, uh, Colonel Dennis, you, you you have a moment to talk. Yeah, what's all? He said, sir, you, you don't need to show up here. You, you you've probably already got a job. You probably already wrote your resume. You you probably already, you know, you don't you don't need none of this sort of stuff. And I was really sincerely a little bit taken back here because, um, what that told me is is that what this class was doing is just just you know 
letting all the officers and senior NCOs skip out of this thing. And so the only people sitting in your class were the E4s, E5s, maybe a few E6s that had done, you know, maybe four or five or six years. And then they were getting out. They were making a very invalid assumption that all these senior NCOs and officers, uh, they already knew all this stuff. They, 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 they didn't need to attend this block of instruction or a class. And, and I, I, I remember very vividly telling the guy, I said, no, I'm going to be here every day. Okay. Um, and I said, most importantly, maybe you're right. Maybe I do have a job and maybe I have written a resume. But if these kids out here in the classroom see that there's a colonel sitting here uh, and, and going through this class every day with them, they're going to sit down and think this is really important. If this colonel's going to sit here and go through this class, number one, it was an army requirement. OK, um, but if, if if they see me in that class and after about three or four days, all of a sudden they started warming up and they would ask me questions. And then, you know, at the beginning, at the, at the, uh, you know, the head of the class would ask the question, well, you know, Hey, what do you think? Or what do you, and then the, then, then what I call kids, they, they, they begin to, to, uh, you know, uh, become a little bit more comfortable and, 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 uh, they were a little bit more honest in their answers and a little bit uh, much more honest in, in their, their type of probing questions about what can I expect here? What can I, and in my, opinion it made the staff of the tap program work much harder okay um but part of that process that i think has subsequently gotten a little bit better was to go to your initial uh, question cindy was the the va process um back in 2013 late 13 uh, because i, I retired uh, you know june 1st of 2014 uh, I had so many people mentor me and tell me, uh, you know, hey, you need to start this process at least a year out. OK, you you need to you know, you need to start this VA process uh, at least a year out. And, um, uh, um, you know, you can sit down behind a computer and you can pull the forms up and you can do it all by yourself. Or you can go out and find a, you know, one of these services organizations, a VFW. A, a, I specifically reached out to DAV, they they uh, the disabled uh, uh, DVA, the Disabled Veterans of America, they had an office that was set up on Fort Carson, and I was able to go in and sit down and, and speak to the, uh, the to the representative who helped me walk through the system, helped me go through my medical records, and helped me fill out the forms that I needed to fill out. And then, and then you know, uh, I reviewed, signed, and sent off to the VA, and that's what really got the process going. Uh, and then, you know, I I, uh, I started uh, you know receiving you know. Uh, appointment dates. You need to go here. You need to go there. You need to do this. You need to do that. And so, and and uh, <clears throat> one of the things I've found as I've coached people through throughout the you know the past few years is uh, these are these are really really important appointments to go to. Um, there's nothing that should take more priority than you go making those appointments. Um, and, and but. I, I saw so many times where, you know, I talked to folks that said, yeah, uh, I got a call from VA. They wanted me to drive up to here for this appointment, but I, but I had to go take my car in to get service you know, or whatever the excuse was, you, whatever it was. No, the very first priority is to go get that, 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 that appointment with VA. You, you, you need to go do that. Uh, but at the end of the, the entire process, VA is going to make their determination and they're going to send you a letter. And that letter is going to, you know, you, you may have your initial paperwork may have had 15 things wrong with you. And they're going to say zero, zero, 10 percent, 20 percent, zero, zero, zero. And so on. They'll come up with whatever figure they come up with in the math that they use. And so you come out of there with, say, 30 percent or 40 percent disability or whatever the case may be. That doesn't have to be where it ends. If you if you sincerely feel that the, the the malady that you have uh, is is worth a second look, then 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 you need to do that. And I'm one of those guys that that didn't. Um, I received my initial VA determination in 2014, and I said, okay, that's it, we're done. Let's move out. I went through that process, but as a couple years passed, I was talking to some again network guys, and hey 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 Wade. Uh, you know, did you go through VA? Yeah, I did. Well, what was your determination? Well, what was your determination? Well, my determination. What? You only got that? That's ridiculous, you know? I mean, all these hundreds of jumps and all this, that, and the other stuff that they're talking about, you need to go get reevaluated. So what do you get reevaluated on? 
Well, all those things that were zero, it was recognized by VA in the initial process, but all those things that were zero in your first return, go back and get them relooked again. Maybe at the time that they initially found zero uh, as direct result of your service, that issue has become worse. Okay. And, 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 you know, so these guys were talking to me for a couple of years. I didn't do that, but finally I determined, I said, all right, I don't know if it was just, you know, to figure out really what the pro if the process would work uh, or just to get these guys off my back of, you know, wanting me to go out and, you know, get the reading. Uh, but I did go out and get the relook and, and, uh, but in this case, uh, I was given a, uh, uh, a firm, uh, Jan Dill's firm. It's a, it's a, uh, uh, a firm out of, uh, if you need the, you know, the specific data points, uh, I, I can send that to you, but, but that firm, uh, was extremely helpful in assisting me navigate the, the system that, that, in some cases, very cumbersome if you have to do it by yourself. Um, and and uh, so working with Jan Dills and her team, they assisted me in navigating the, the system. Uh, and and uh, so I started getting appointment uh, scheduled. Hey, we need to go over here to get relooked for that, to get relooked at for this. And I think the, I think the thing that kind of convinced me to do all this is that was to uh, a friend who had went through the process and it was explained to him in, 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 in terms of it that I was able to understand in that had it not been for your military service, would you be this way today? And, and, and I'll tell you if the answer is uh, no, then, then give it up. But if the, but, but, but if the answer is yes, yeah, had it not been for my military service, I, I, you know, I probably wouldn't be there. Then go get looked at. Okay, just just go back and have the VA and their team uh, relook at you and and um, uh, let the chips fall where they may. You know, I don't know what VA's decision cycle is and, and their decision criteria, but uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna send you to some you know doctor appointments and some uh, consulting appointments and. It's a misnomer in that they're really appointments because they're not really, for the most part, an examination. It's it's more of a question and answer type situation. To how do you feel now? You know, are you able to do this? Are you able to do that? There's a little bit of a of a medical exam to you. You know, can you bend here? Can you bend there? And things like that. But for the most part, um, they're 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 in. And I think you've probably heard before that the. I would say 50% interview and 50%, you know, an examination type thing. Um, but for myself going through the process, I'm, I'm very grateful that I did. And, and uh, I'm very, very, very happy with the outcome. And, you know, since that happened to me, I've been trying to the greatest extent possible, pay it forward. So, so Cindy help. Thank you for asking the question. I mean, Earlier this morning, I, I sent Miss Dill's information to a colleague of mine that, uh, you know, retired about seven years ago. So, um, it's VA in my estimation is, is one of those, they're successful by word of mouth. They're successful by the advertising that they do to go out and to reach out to say, you know, this is what we can do for you. Even in the military, there's a lot of times you found out about the benefits that were out there. I go all the way back, but you said at the very beginning, Michelle, um, your husband was a green to gold scholarship winner. Probably one of the the, the, the least advertised uh, benefits in the Army. I was a green to gold scholarship winner in 1980. Nice. How did I find out about it? I was reading this magazine called Army Magazine. And back in the back, it had a paragraph about green to gold scholarships. Kind of, whoa, what's this? I, I No one's telling you about that. You, you're just finding out about it yourself. Well, VA is not out there advertising all this stuff that I just told you about. Okay, but there's there 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 are organizations out there. Uh, the DAVs can help you do this all over again. VFWs can help you do all over this. You know, uh, AMVETS can help you do all this over again. And and Miss Dills and her law firm or is is a firm that 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 is uh, uh, well known that can help soldiers, sailors, airmen navigate this system uh, because it, it's a really really difficult system to do it on your own. And, and so. 
that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Great, great advice though, because so many of our service members, they say, oh, well, I, you know, I, I'm not even gonna, I didn't join the military so they could, you know, fill in the blank, fill in the blank. And I think um, that is great advice you just shared with them. Um, you know, Cindy and I often say a lot of times what this is considering is how to take care of your family. It, it may not benefit you as much as it could potentially benefit your family in the long run if, if, if by some reason uh, you need some assistance or help in that regard. So excellent. Thank you for sharing all that advice. I, I would say one last thing there is, is that there are a lot of soldiers out there that do two years, do three years, do four years, do five years, that no one is, for the most part, uh, is telling them that, you know what, if you have a service-connected disability, you're you can go to VA and, and have that, that. That's where your medical insurance is. That's where your medical program's at. But you got to register with the VA. You, you've actually got to go out there and, and make an overt effort to go register with VA. Now, they're not going to, you know, fix everything you got. But if it, but if it has directly related to that malady that you have or that issue that you have, that's what the VA is there for to help you do that. Um, Absolutely. And I think um, I'll just plug these guys um there's there's a look at them on youtube a lot they give two or three minute clips on on uh yes. on the uh yes you, you, i said like i sent it to joe i i believe they actually work with the va um and uh they they put out a, a tremendous two little two three minute four five minute six seven minute clips about you know the benefits you know what are your benefits at 10 percent disability what are your benefits at 20 percent disability what are your benefits for eye and ear you know issues and so on and so forth those those guys are really really good uh, you sent it to us and we yeah. of course uh yeah. went in and i i i subscribed to it so i will put the link to that as well as the yeah. the uh firm in the yeah. show notes so that everybody has that but yeah 100 and i've watched uh a lot of their videos is so informative. And and yeah. that's what that's what Michelle and I love is like we want to be resources. We want to be yeah. a resource of resources. So yeah. sharing all of this is how how yeah. you do that. So we appreciate you um uh mentioning that. Um so as we're getting close to wrapping this up, the yeah. one thing we'd like to do, uh the question we ask all of our guests um is to share a fun fact because I think it's it's nice that you're giving all this information, but we like to to have our audience feel like they've they've gotten to know the guest a little bit. So fun facts are a good way to do that. So I would like to hear your fun fact. I'm actually very excited to hear your fun fact. <laughs> you see up behind me there. Well, your audience will see that, but but uh, Mr. Incredible, Mr. Incredible, I think Mr. Incredible, the Disney movie came out. I want to say it was you know. 2004 2005 somewhere in that area and wife and i were invited to a halloween party and so i went as mr incredible and she went as mrs incredible uh and and you know i'm lo and behold we we win the costume we win the we win the costume uh, first prize uh and uh so since then you know the the folks at work gave me a little you know uh, Mr. Incredible dolls and Mr. Incredible, you know, anything Mr. Incredible folks would bring it to me and, and uh, you know, a clock that has Mr. Incredible on it, you know, with his hands going, you know, this way and that way. And, and, um, but some of that has to do with the fact from, from, a from a, uh, <clears throat> a profile view, you kind of, you know, got the, got the chin there and, you know, and that sort of stuff. And then when you, you know, I think, you know, Cindy, I'm sitting at a desk right now, but I'm, I am kind of barrel chested. Uh, I am I am extremely envious of Mr. Incredible's waistline, though, uh, you know, because the chest chest is, is, you know, when I was a little younger, the waist was just a tad bit smaller than the chest. But now, you know, as I get a little lower, the the, the waist and the chest are getting close to the same size. But uh, uh, it, so uh, that that uh, Mr. Mr. Incredible, uh, I think, would probably be a kind of a, a fun fact to, to put a little, you know, humanity or a little bit of humor to the to the uh to the story so, so um, let me go back just a little bit cindy um and uh correct me if i'm wrong uh your husband worked with um uh, with wade when wade was a captain is that correct yes that company correct. commander so yeah. right company, company commander. commander 
So many, many years ago, my husband had a company commander. And, and when I hear Joe talk about you, Wade, I think about my husband, how he talks about this company commander. I mean, he was the best thing he'd ever met in his life. He just thought he was fantastic. He was a great leader. He was a great mentor, um, understanding person. Um, and I, I always behind his back called him Captain America. Um, so I think Cindy, I think Cindy, um, Joe could now rephrase Wade and this could be Captain Incredible so, instead of. Uh, instead there we of, go. I like it. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. it. That's the new. The new Mr. Incredible. I, I do. I do still have folks that will that will call me Mr. Incredible. I mean, after over 20, I love years, it. 20 years, they'll, they'll call me, hey, Mr. Incredible. And, yeah, and, I love uh, it. Not that I'm incredible, I, but they kind of gave me the, you know, the little doll up there. Oh, I think you were to them. You were to them. Little, Absolutely. There, so. and, and just a little, a, another little personal note. Um, you know, I, I met, uh, I used to manage um, uh, a, a Gold's Gym, and that's actually where I met my husband. And that's also where I met Wade and the entire um senior staff there at the uh, 82nd airborne <laughs> all would come in uh, for their daily workouts and uh, we would have the best time joking about things i remember the testing the water you know to to show the yes. the uh yeah. the thigh yeah. muscles there and uh you know yeah. the gun shows i think i still yeah. have that picture of all yeah. of you in front of the 82nd all showing your gun show it's it's one of my favorites it's on my phone i share it all the time but uh yeah it's it's those memories are great 20 years later mr incredible we will definitely uh um carry that forward for you there wade um that's too funny so 1990 that's when my daughter so was I, born. I, I left. I left company. I left. I left company command in March of 1990. So that's 33 years ago, right? If my math is correct. Yes, you're oh, right. 33 years ago. A little exactly. over 33 years ago. So, but it's just uh, as fresh in my mind as if it was uh, as if we were still there. Uh, I know us too. It's crazy how that is. Well, I tell you, this has been a lot of fun. We're going to end it here. And I will say that um, all of those links I will put in the show notes. Can't thank you enough, Wade, uh, for sharing all of your knowledge and your experience. Uh, it's been a great show. I want to thank everyone for listening. We appreciate your time and we will never waste it. Uh, to our transitioning, sir, uh, transitioning military veterans, our focus is to bring you the aim small, miss small concept and hone your focus into each transition process step. So again, thank you for listening. Until next time. This has been the Tactical Transition Podcast. Thank you for listening. Be sure to push the follow button on our podcast and subscribe to ESELseminars.com.